Potter Who Cast. Uh, hello and ring ring goes the bell. And is this a British to, thing? It's a uh, ring ring. It's the what? What's it even called? <laughs> I know the Simpsons version. It's like a, it's like school has a rock or something. Look, 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 look. Let's go again. Uh, the only one I know is uh, I'm just a bill. That's the only one I know. <laughs> hello and welcome to. Hello and welcome to Potter Who Cast, Doctor Who, Tortured, Sarah Jane Adventures, Canine Class, all of that. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, boom town. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, class. Ah, uh, yeah, class. That's that, that. That that works here because it's it's school. Um, I'm David, and with me this week is. Forgot about getting a quote too. Hold on. <sighs> Give me just a second. Give me just a yeah. second. Cut this out. Please cut this out. Please. No. I, I know because no. somebody sometimes they say to cut this out and you don't actually cut this out. Yeah. So it I makes do good know audio. You cut this out. <laughs> it makes good audio. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. Affirmative. It is me, Michelle. Miss Master. I'm here with you. Doesn't really work as well without the Dalek voice changer and the K9 voice I changer. Can, and I can't stuff. get him. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Today it's, uh, it's time for a school reunion. Um. Who knows? I'm going to talk, talk about school on this one. Um, so, some fun facts if you want them. 29th of April, 2006. This slides onto our TV screens. Um, directed by James Hawes, who we've talked about. And written by Toby Whitehouse. Now, Toby Whitehouse, or Toby Whitehouse, I'm not sure which, famous for writing Being Human. Uh, he also wrote... A couple of episodes, he wrote Vampires of Venice, which is his next episode after this, so he takes a couple of doctors out. Uh, Vampires of Venice, God Complex, Town Called Mercy, Under the Lake, Slash Before the Flood, and The Lie of the Land. He's also in Twice Upon a Time, shooting Mark Gatiss, presumably to get his blood oath for Big Finish. <laughs> um, he also wrote Greeks Bearing Gifts, which is an episode of Torchwood from Series 1. Yeah, that's little facts uh the gist of this one will we let's 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 move on to the gist we we all jingle like like that's the gist the gist is that doctor and rose are undercover at school sarah jane doctor's old friend comes along turns out that there's a race of alien bats that they're using the children to dethrone god and the school blows up because of canine sacrificing himself primitive K9 is rebuilt and the Doctor, Rose and Mickey go off into time and space and Rose is not very happy about it. That's the gist of this episode. Just before I say anything, I'll talk about Liz Sladen for a second because uh, Sarah Jane Adventures obviously happens. But what's wild is that, so this is April, she's in this episode in April. September that year they announce Sarah Jane Adventures is a show, which mm. seems like incredible turnover. Um, Does it though? I feel like I, I feel mean, like I, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. RTD oh. was like watching the the ratings for this episode. Like as soon as it goes over a certain <laughs> number, he's gonna press an email sent to BBC like spinoff. Like, he was literally just waiting. The whole story, I think, is that 
CBBC, which is where Sarah Jane Ventures is on, wanted a spin-off for kids. And they said, we will do, they said, why don't we do Young Doctor Who? It's a Doctor and Gallifrey in school, uh, getting up to hijinks with the master and stuff as a child. And, or he was like, uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Let's not and, do that. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, what, what we just do, uh, Doctor Who, but it's, everything takes place in the same location. You get Sarah Jane's and kids to go on adventures. You get like, uh, the Santaran and, and, and the Saladine to show up once, uh, once or twice. Sometimes we'll get David Tennant to come in. Sometimes we get Matt Smith to come in. Sometimes you get the Brigadier to come in, and we have we have fun. Um, but yeah, so and K nine of course. We had we've been remiss not, not to talk about K nine and how how absolutely well, well we'll get there because actually well, let's let's do it now. K nine corner. So obviously the K nine rights issues are a little bit messed up in the sense that K nine is owned by Bob Baker. Well, and Dave Martin, but Bob Baker now. I think Dave Martin might have died. Uh, <laughs> okay, I could probably wear that in a, in a bit more of a, <laughs> more of a sympathetic light. Um, I believe K- uh, Dave Martin has passed, so Bob Baker owns the rights. And um, Bob Baker is adamant that he can make a K9 movie. Uh, therefore, he's trying the K9 TV shows in Australia, which is... It's just all K9. There's about 47 episodes, I think, of K9, the TV show, which we have to look forward to. Um, he, K9, I think, in Sarah Jane Adventures, which we'll get to that, but I think K9 in Sarah Jane Adventures is literally in a cupboard for most of the most of the series because, the, because of Bob Baker. Um, that sucks. Get me out of the cupboard, Bob. He's he's in a cupboard fighting off a black hole. I think is is the is the story they run with. Um, but this episode, uh, my pro uh, <laughs> problem, yeah, I have a couple of problems with this episode. That I I think well well it will make it will make friend of the show Peter very annoyed. But my problems with the show is with the show with the episode. God, I am rusty today. Is that uh, it lies with a certain bat-shaped force of nature? Uh, the Krillotain are not compelling. They're not interesting. They don't have to be interesting, or compelling, but they would help. Hmm. And whenever they're on screen, I just find myself wanting to move past that scene and get back to. Some other stuff. Now, I want. To, I'm interested to hear what you think because I, I feel like we're going to differ here from overall opinions. I want to start off by saying this. <clears throat> this is from the IMDb page for this episode. This is the quotes. Here is the quote as it is written. In brackets, having backed out slowly and carefully from an utility closet, unable to take her eyes from what she discovered inside, but scarcely believed. The infinitely recognizable, unforgettable, and surely impossible blue police box form she knew as the TARDIS. She turns around to find the school teacher she met earlier, John Smith, the man whose name she commented as being the same as the alias her old friend used, the friend with whom she traveled so long ago in that same impossible box. Having seen her back out, 
trembling and haunted from that utility closet. The doctor, quote, Hello, Sarah Jane. <laughs> it is written like that. <laughs> I had to read it as hello. But here's what I'll say about this episode. I would agree with you on the Krillotane being interesting if it wasn't for Anthony Stewart Head. Okay, um, this this is where we differ again. Uh because I know I know we, we both agree that he is just he's swallowing up the river of ham. The river of ham has, has run dry. There's no more no more water coming from it because he's he's drained it dry. But I think he's in the wrong place in terms of the river of ham that I, I assume you think he's in and I think he's just doing a bit too much. I think the reason why I don't think he's doing too much is because the conflict he introduces is very interesting. Like, I can't, I can't really think of a story where the villain wasn't like, ah, Doctor, you know my plan. Now I'll kill you. Instead, so was like, actually, Doctor, now that you know my plan, don't you want to join me? Don't you see how much good you can do with that, with that power and all that? And, you know, I like that. And when, when Anthony Stewart had... Why do we say Anthony Stewart Head? When Anthony Head is doing that speech to the doctor and like talking to him and all that, and the doc you can see the doctor seriously considering it for a moment. And it's and it's just a great scene because the one that has to convince him to actually ignore that is the one person who up until now was like, Why did you leave me behind? You know, that was a mistake you did in your past and all that. Sarah Jane is the one who has to be like, you know, we we need pain and we need to regret, we need to have these things in life. Because otherwise, that's not a life worth living. And that whole scene, I think, doesn't work without Anthony Head. Sure, most of the time, he's like opening his mouth as the ad, <laughs> as that, the that, ADR, that, a screech sound effect. And that, you see the way he yeah. walks with his hands? Yeah. yeah. It's, his, it's a very good physical performance, as well as that when in, in that last bit where they're in the classroom with him and like the facial expression he pulls as as they all like walk past him it's just so good it's a good physical performance i just think when he has to do the screaming it's just a bit too much right. i do like i do like how snippy gets with canine who i think i think canine in the last in his last stand is very funny as well um and very good i think canine deserved deserves to be recognized as a true hero for taking out an entire Entire subsect of a criminal organization like that. Um, I think you you can you referenced it before, but that scene where she finds the TARDIS, I think, is just absolutely spellbinding. I think it's I think it's incredible work. Especially no, I think the this whole episode yeah. is incredible, and it it just comes down to the fact that you know David Tennant can portray. It's like. I'm trying to put myself in the mind that I was when I first watched this, because when I first watched this, I didn't know who Sarah Jane was. You know, I, I had never seen a single frame of classic who like I knew that existed, but I didn't know what that was all about. And that the fact that David Tennant can convey, you know, the David Tennant and Elizabeth Slayton, that Elizabeth Slayton can look at David Tennant and see John Pertwee and Tom Baker, and that a David Tennant can look at uh, at Elizabeth Layden, and you can see John Pertwee and Tom Baker in his eyes. It's just a beautiful scene. It's just like beautiful acting work, and it's great. It's like the stuff you can only get in Doctor Who. No other show in the world is going to do that because no other show 
can comes back from being canceled <laughs> 40 years later and can bring back one of the companions you know like that's something you can only get with doctor who and that's something that this episode provides and for that i give it high marks you know there was a it's all rumors a theory um that was a very that like i have no memory of it but i read about it that like people until this episode kind of vaguely thought that maybe it wasn't like a continuation of the classic series for some some weird reason and then when she came in they were like oh yeah you know what it is which makes absolutely no sense because it clearly is um the krillotain getting back to the krillotain so they might be the most purely vibe vibed out uh villains of this run because all they do is all they do is sleep uh, eat rats, eat eat sick orphans, uh, fly around the school, right. yell at, yell at children, get children to they they throw on God, and put them in God's place. Um, via okay, like, like, <laughs> the thing that, like it shouldn't catch me up because it's Doctor Who and Doctor Who is always silly. But I feel like as, as well as that, that's kind of a lazy excuse. But like. The plan of feeding feed little children at a school special chips, and then have them break the code of the universe on the Dell and Spiron's running Windows Vista is just inherently one of the funniest things that I can. I, I, I gotta, can I gotta admit, it does feel a little bit like underpa- <laughs> like underpants nose. Like get kids, give them oil, break the code. <laughs> Question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. It, it does feel like there was a little bit of a leap. But, I mean, we, we talked about how in the last episode, they implied the royal family are werewolves. And in this episode, they have what I assume is a private school. It's and they have public school, I think. Um, I will say that it does make sense as well, because I get at your point there. It makes sense as well, because the Quilletain are clearly like, they're, they're clearly meant to be stupid. They're clearly meant to be like, all they can, all they do is, like, go and colonize places and steal traits and right. go off. They have no like clear, like, agency of their own. So it make it makes sense, but like, like, yeah. What 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 are you saying, sir? What what I was gonna say is, I, I think it's fun. It it you know if you think if you remember that a lot of the people watching the show are kids. For have an episode where the bad guys are teachers who use kids, and at the end of the episode, they literally blow up. You know, it, there's a lot of that. Like uh, when the doctors when they find the krillotain, and then the doctors like Rose, remember how you thought that the teachers used to sleep at the school? Well, they actually do. Like I also fought that when I was a kid. It feels like it feels very you know. It has that great kid like tone that doesn't get too infantile. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's a word, but it it it's kiddy enough where like kids are gonna have the wild time of their life, like watching this. They're like, yeah, the teachers are bats who want to use us to crack the code of the universe. I feel oh. like what was missing from it, though, the thing that was missing for me was some sort of like stakes in the sense of like what's ca- you never really get the sense as to why the kids are. They're eating certain kids, but not eating other kids. When when the episode starts, he refer um, Anthony Head refers to the kid he eats as Finn. So I thought it had something to do with like they're feeding them chips, 
so that they get fat and then they can eat those. Because I haven't yeah. really remembered the plot. But then that's not really a thing. But then there's kids they don't eat, even though those kids have seen things they shouldn't have seen. Yeah, it's it's still a coward's hotspot, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely that, and it also it just feels like a lot of times you. Sh- I always feel like a good Doctor Who story should be something where, like, if the Doctor wasn't here, this would have been the worst day in the history of humankind. Whereas if the doctor wasn't here, you know, you don't really get a sense of to what the Quillotine would do if they could, if they actually cracked the paradigm. And you also don't get the sense that anything bad is happening to these kids. You know, they're being turned into computers. They're being turned into, into conduits. But there's no negative effects, you know. It's not, it's, there's no moment. It's like, all that's missing is the doctor being like, somebody being like, why is that bad? And the doctor goes, what happened, you know, once they unlock the paradigm, they're, you know, what happens to a computer that gets overpowered? Their brains are going to fry off. Like, that's what's missing. You know, the stakes of what's going to happen to these kids if the doctor doesn't stop them. I mean, not I, saying that they already don't do some of that, but yeah. some clearer stakes would have helped. I, I came into this episode mixed, but realizing that it's an episode about how uh, incredibly stupid villains who can be defeated by someone who is plugging out, plugging out a plug out of a, a socket and having other computers turn off is really... Like I'm much more invested now in this episode, knowing that it's it's kind of just like what would happen if the Doctor came across people, like villains who thought they were really cool, who were like I'm, like like who were like okay, it's gonna be it's on the fly, who like villains who thought they were really cool, who literally their whole thing is we go to civilizations, steal all their cool stuff, and make it ours because we think it looks makes us look cool. Yeah, aren't we so cool? Oh. You can nearly kill us by unplugging the computer and pouring vegetable oil on top of us is just very funny to me. Very good. Um, yeah. Very, very, literally right now, very much more pro this episode than I was before. Um, which makes as well, I suppose, Anthony Head's character make more sense because he's trying to be the cool guy. He's trying to be like the really kind of cool guy who would quote, you know... I don't know if you ever ever came across that thing on, it was on Reddit before, where a guy posted on like or or atheism with his own quote that he made up, and it was like, "Isn't my quote really cool?" And everyone made fun of him. That's yeah. that's that's really Anthony Head's character in this. So right. you know what? I'm very pro this. Uh, I'm very pro Crotane. Crotane, you got me. Um, yeah, I do yeah. want to say I do want to say changing topics a little bit. Um, you guys got French fries on your school lunches? Uh, we didn't have school lunches. Well, our, our school lunches—it's um, a school corner. Our school lunches were they hired out a lady who I think she had like it wasn't really a catering company. She had like a small like table, mm-hmm. and she had um, what I really do assume were just uh, rolls she bought from the shop and a couple of cookies that were definitely shop bought and you pay her two euro and she give you like a, 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 a chicken and mayo roll at lunchtime and then what happened is they were, um, people were like can we get a canteen can we get like actual hot food and the school was like yeah we'll do that um, we'll pay this lady to just heat up your rolls at, at lunchtime but you have you have to uh, come to uh, come to her like two hours beforehand and tell her could you please microwave 
this bread roll for me <laughs> for for like like, it, like it's probably changed now because they literally that whole school was cursed um and they changed most of it after after my class left like there was a time um we have this thing called uh, the junior cert which is like after three years you do a, you an exam doesn't really doesn't really matter it's gone now but like it was like you, you did an exam didn't really matter and then three years later you didn't you did an actual exam but on like the last day of that exam cycle, someone booted a football through uh, a window and like broke the entire thing. And literally, uh, we came back after the summer and we fixed, and no one said anything. So it was uh, just the thing of like just do whatever, no one's going to care about the school. Uh, I believe in England they do have a full like. Well, they did, and then Jamie Oliver came in and they took out all the like the the chips and the chicken nuggets and the chicken. Like we, ne- we, never, we never even had chip. I mean, <laughs> I wish we had french fries on our school lunches. It was mostly like a salad and like mashed potatoes and maybe a little bit of chicken. Oh, you got, ma- you we, know, we literally, um, I, I, I think it's probably different in different schools over here, but like in schools down here, it's, it's like you bring in a packed lunch or if you're lucky, you get to walk into town and buy a sandwich or something from a shop. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. what my that's what I, it was like. I mean, up until high school, it was uh, I they would give us school lunches, but after during high school, they were like, you know what, um, just just go out and eat whatever you want. And so a lot of people <laughs> would go to the we 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 studied right next to a, a mall, so a lot of people would just go get McDonald's. Uh, but I used to go to this really nice restaurant. Hmm. We our our school was literally a five minute walk from one little uh, little, little shop and nothing else. So you're basically like shit out of luck. We didn't have a lunch with you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll get to Sarah Jane again uh, in a couple of weeks. I I think I think the pilot for Sarah Jane Adventures is in at the end of Torchwood. Um, so we'll get, we'll get back to her then, and of course, if we do classic, we'll get to her in like twenty twenty one thousand yeah. AD. Yeah, at this point. Um, but yeah, if you have anything else to say, I can launch into the game this week. Let me see. Uh, you know, uh, like I was saying last episode, uh, the, the speech at the end of last week's episode about from Queen Victoria talking about how they shouldn't be treating time travel and all this like a lark. Uh, I remember really disliking the scene in this episode where Rose and Sarah Jane have like act like they're like girl the doctor's girlfriends or something. Like I always found that to be like, don't do that, man. That's weird. Uh, but the way they did now that I know that that's what the season is going for, they're like, you know, that this is not the way it should be done. Rose's jealousy, it kind of worked for me, you know. Mm. Do you know how they finish up that scene in production when they both start laughing at David Tennant? Like, do you know the the behind the scenes story about that? What? That um, he walked in with a, a mustache paint on his face that they had no idea about. So that, that, that laughter is like genuinely one of them laughing Aww. themselves off because he's walking in with a fake mustache on. Oh, um, that's it's nice. Um, the game this week, Unmade Who, Real or Fake, 
to the, the cadence of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, starring Jonathan Frakes and James Brolin, <laughs> of course. Um, we should do, we should just, actually no, we can't because someone else beat us to it. Uh, this year we're going to classic Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode is called Doctor Who Meets the Crumblons. It was a, a fifth Doctor story where the Doctor went to a planet made out of scrap metal and fought the Crumblons, who looked a bit like an Dalek-y kind of thing, according to the the wiki. It's very like I very vague, but they had to scrap it because the BBC top brass knows that uh, the name sounded like Edgar Crumblon, who was Margaret Thatcher's Secretary of State. Is that true or false? Gee, wow, that's... I'm going to go with false. That is false. There's no such person as Edgar wow. Crowbar. You, you know what? That was the last... That was the... You had me until you said Edgar Crowlock. Because I was like... Because I, I was like, is this... And, and the part that really got me was like, the BBC didn't want to make fun of her. And I was like, I do know that there were some Doctor Who episodes that made fun of mm-hmm. Margaret not until, Thatcher. Not until McCoy's era. I, I, right. I'm pretty sure she wasn't in power when Davidson was in was with the Doctor. Right. 1974-82-83-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86-86
Ready to say. 